I purchased my home five days after my 28th birthday. It was on my list of goals I wanted to reach before I turned 30. And while there are other accomplishments I've been blessed enough to achieve, like working full-time in my respective creative field, there are items on my list that seem unlikely to happen by the 30-year mark, marriage being a big one. At 21 years old, I just knew I'd be married by 30. But the closer it approaches, the less likely it is to come true. I had to ask myself, why is it that this is a goal for me in the first place? Shouldn't I just accept life on life's terms? I could have easily discussed this with a friend my age, but it made more sense to talk to someone older and wiser than me who could shed some light on the idea of aging and perhaps offer some clarity on why getting older is such a scary thing for so many people. This led me to Joy Vandervoort Cobb. She is a voice actor, director, and has been a teacher of the arts for over 25 years. Her spirit is so youthful and full of life, you forget that Joy is 60. As someone who aspires to feel how she feels 30 years from now, I had to know how Joy does it and what aging has been like for her all of these years. My name is Ariel Hairston. Welcome to Grow Room. I told Joy about my disappointment of possibly being 30 and not being married. For those of us still in our 20s, 30 feels like such a defining age. We feel like we should have it all together by then, and the closer we are to approaching it, the more immediate these feelings become. Oh, man. You know, it's so weird because for me, it's all just a thing. You just, it's not something you can stop unless you take yourself out, right? So you might as well walk into it with open arms to see what's going to happen. Now, I say that when on my 60th birthday, I was like, oh, 60? I'm old. I, what? When did that happen? Right? Because you were full grown up at 60, girl. I'm telling you what. But it's so interesting to hear you at 28 worry about what's going to happen at 30. When we, we just don't know, right? We just keep moving forward. And what happens, happens. And we deal with it when it comes. Yeah. And it's funny you said that, like, you don't know what's going to happen because I remember going to my therapist after my last breakup and I was like, well, looks like I'm not getting married by 30. And she's like, how do you know that? You don't know that. <laughs> you have no idea. Some spark could fly into the room, right? And it is your spark. And it is like, Lord, let me recognize his soul when we have kissed, right? Just, I just want to recognize that this is the one. It may not come in the package I'm looking for or anticipating. But I just want to know that our souls have connected, you know, um, and we just don't know. So we plan on this thing of I'm not getting married until I'm this age and I'm going to have children at this age. And we just can't control all of it. So how do you how do you feel like you come to peace with the idea of like not knowing? Because I feel like it's easier said than done. Definitely, definitely. And some of that is really just my age. Right. Because, of course, I had plans as well. You know, how do you come to peace with it? You know what? It is what it is. We can continue to battle it and be tense about it and uh, worry ourselves into a funk. But the immediacy of what is still exists because you lay there at night and think, yeah, but I'm still so far away from where I thought I'd be. Okay, but what about where you are? What's in that realm? What kind of grace surrounds us for where we are? 
and I teach myself every day to be where I am. I think we don't spend enough time in the now, right? But we've been taught to always chase what we don't have, which takes away from the real possibility of you celebrating what is. Mm -hmm. So truly, it is a, a paradigm shift in the way we speak aloud and the way we speak to ourselves. Yeah. That I am enough, right? In this moment, right now, I am here and I'm enough. But we, we can plan all we want. And certainly you have to plan. You know, there's got to be some plan because you've got to understand your own parameters, right? Your boundaries. And you have to be sure it is the dream you have for yourself that you're living and not somebody else's dream for you. Who are you afraid of disappointing more than yourself? And then why? And opening yourself to those um, opportunities to learn, not looking at any of this as a failure. This got me thinking, how many of us actually live in the present moment? And even outside of setting personal milestone goals, what about people who fear aging altogether? I know in Buddhism specifically, they teach, you know, you can't only worry about the future or, or the past. You can't worry about the present. And I think a lot of us, we have anxiety around the future. It may just be like, how will I feel when I get to XYZ age, you know, as my body starts to decline or as it starts to, what in their head, that's what they're feeling like it is, right? right. But I know you're only as, as old as you feel. I know exactly how old I am, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and I am that old. Um, no, I get what you're saying, I do. And I, my, some of my, my, my nation, my tribe, are very afraid of aging and they are appalled that I am very quick to say, oh no, I'm 60. I just turned 60. Hey, I look good. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> so people who have those fears, I wonder whose fear that is. What is it about? Maybe it's the way we dismiss our elders. Maybe it's the way we don't look at age as beauty. Maybe it is a matter of us needing to rethink what aging means. A, it means your ass is alive, so you still got things left to do. So I say to them, please sit with yourself and ask the deep questions and allow the answers to come, whether it's in meditation or prayer or just a moment of silence. What is fearful about aging? Is it the way you're going to look, the way you're going to feel, things you'll be able to do, not able to do? And I think the answer is in here, heart and, heart and mind, that it's, it's somewhere connected in. Joy brought up something very important. Could the problem be how Americans view old people? And if that's the case, how can we learn to revere aging as beautiful? The African-American culture, the Black, black folks, we have really, in many ways, venerated age. You have to consider culturally and within the different cultures what it's taken for you to age. The fact that you're still here, still fighting, still trying to match your suit to your hat. There is something fascinating about listening to the stories. And if you just stare for a second, you just consider for a second what they have gone through to survive here in America. Yeah. 
Look around at these elders. Look what the, the resilience they teach us in just being able to breathe on a daily basis. And then the idea that I might be that for someone else. Oh, <laughs> yes, ma'am. Bring it on, God. Bring it on. So there is a way to turn this whole fear of aging into a celebration of aging if you look outside of yourself, because it is not really just about you. She makes a fantastic point. Many researchers suggest that the life expectancy of Black people in the 1960s was under 45 years old. Therefore, it's truly an honor that Joy has reached 60. But what if your fear isn't in getting older, but in dying, regardless of age? I asked Joy if she had this fear. Do I have a fear of dying? I, I have a fear of not doing all the things I was supposed to do whilst alive. That's my bigger fear. I don't want to die. That's not a dance I'm interested in anytime soon. I'm just like, Lord, give me a little more time to get it done. I wonder if people who are afraid of dying, well, is not knowing what happens, right? There's part of that. Um, even with belief systems, not really knowing what's going to happen, which ought to teach us to be where our toes are even more because you don't know. So why not celebrate where you are as opposed to where you might be going, where we're all going to go? Because if you live, you die. Yep. You know, I think more than my fear of dying is my fear of being psychologically, emotionally, and physically unable. And that is scary to me. Not aging, not dying, but leaving here not myself either. And I don't want to leave, I don't want the legacy of my life to be the end where I don't make sense. You know, that's the only, so that might be why I'm afraid of dying, because I don't want to, I don't want to go out of here, loof, loof, magoof, doof, you know. <laughs> that's not funny. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. It scares I mean, me. But I think that's, I mean, and so I guess something I've learned is to live with our fear. Like how they say, you know, fear can sit in the passenger seat, but they can't drive the car. You shouldn't turn um, the keys over to the, to the car to fear, mm -hmm. right? When I fall into that, and I do, right? As black bodies drop in the street, something happens to me. And... I have to fight my way out of that darkness, but first I have to embrace that it's there. Mm -hmm. But I think that's beautiful what you said, let fear sit in that passenger seat, because they, it exists. It's when we say, oh yeah, I have no fears. You lie like a carpet. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. And it's okay. I think we've also been taught that those things are not legitimate. It's not okay to be sad. It's not okay to be depressed. It's not okay to be weary. It's not okay to be tired. It's not okay to be anxious. So then we take that outside message that this is not what I'm feeling is not okay. And then we begin to lie about what we're feeling and then we're screwed. It is what it is, right? And you don't know, you're 28, 29, a fellow rolling, and you're like, well, I'll be damned. Here he is. Here's my husband. And the father of my child, look at here. And I didn't think it was going to happen. Mm. <laughs> we don't know. But you could also be 35 and unmarried. Yeah. Right? How many times do you have to just say, it's okay? Right. You know? Those two You words. have to really teach yourself to believe it. It's okay. There's some things that we have to deal with internally. Get you a good old um, therapist, psychoanalyst, 
psychiatrist, whatever it takes, and um, a spiritual guide, whatever, and check out what's already in here, what can stay, and what you should let go of. Joy shared with me a story about someone she knew deeply who died under 45 years old. I had a friend, a dear friend, a former student, just as a, a treasured part of my life, who died at 42. And we knew he was going to die. He had stage four colon cancer and, you know, short of a miracle. We knew he could last for a day or 10 years. And we were all pulling for 10 years. We were all believing actually for a miracle, I swear. So his death, completely unexpected, not a place where we all were in communion with him saying goodbye. None of us got a chance to say goodbye because he just woke up dead. His name is David Lee Nelson. He wrote a book called Hope in the Time of Chemo, which is so funny and so poignant. But he tells this story and he said, I've taught myself. I've learned to be where my toes are. What's that mean, David Lee? Well, you know how you go to a Mexican restaurant and before you order, they plop down some salsa and uh, a basket of chips. And while you're eating those chips and enjoying those chips and thinking about what you're going to order, you're also waiting for that next, when are they going to bring the next basket? When the, this basket's almost, I hope they bring me the next basket, which means you're not really enjoying what's in front of you, your anticipation of enjoying what's coming. But what about what's in front of you? And it was a lesson he had to teach himself because he was facing his own mortality. And it was a lesson he taught to those of us who were in his sphere of be where your toes are. And some days I just have to take a deep breath and remind myself and I wiggle my toes and my little Birkenstocks, not so little, big feet, um, in my Birkies to be where my toes are. Just take a moment, take a deep breath, maybe just breathe for a moment. And remember that you're right here, right now. And what you're anticipating may come in a completely different way. But what happens if you can glorify in this moment that you're in? You know, when I was in academia, that was a good, that was a question. So where would you like to be in five years? And I said, I don't know, on a beach somewhere, the real beautiful, <laughs> deep, deep, deep black man with muscles feeding me grapes and martinis. That's where I want to be. And everybody would get mad because they're like, could you take this seriously, please? And I was like, but you asked me a question. And all I want five years from now is to be as happy as I am today and happier. Right. But even as I said to you earlier, let me know his, it's a lyric from a song. Uh, let me know a song from the seventies. Cause my ass is old. Um, <laughs> recognize him. May I recognize his soul when we have kissed. Right. There's something really beautiful in that because we're always so not here that beautiful gifts get by us. Yeah. I, I know the way I speak sometimes it makes it seem as if I as if I don't want people to plan ahead. I do. I want you to 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 visualize yourself in the future, living in the abundance you've chosen for yourself. But I also want you to recognize the right now. And if he taught us nothing, he reminded us that we have to be, because in fact, that's the only place you can really be fully present is where you are right now. And I think to your point, if we focus on getting better internally, then all of the external things won't matter as much. 
you'll see them as what they are, right? They're either detractions or enhancements, and you get to choose. And that's the thing you don't walk away from is that everything is a choice. Standing still, moving forward, rolling back. Trust this moment and then trust the next and trust the next and trust the next. That doesn't mean be unaware. That doesn't mean, I don't mean to suggest that it's all good. No, it isn't. But watch what you come through to get to the good. But you got to keep pushing. Just keep pushing, right? And embracing all that is. I am 60. I prayerfully will be 61 at the end of this year in December. Let's see what that brings. I don't know how I'll feel at 70 or 80. I plan to be here to find out. While I'm here enjoying this, I'm looking toward that without planning for it. It just is what it is. Joy made me realize just how important it is to be where your toes are. Some things are simply out of my control and why spoil the future anyway? I can embrace what's happening right here, right now, and just put one foot in front of the other every day. And with each step, I get to be present with my toes, wherever they're standing, and still happily look forward to whatever the next step will bring. I hope today's episode can inspire the seeds you plant in your own life and help cultivate growth as you water them. Thank you for joining me, and I'll see you next time. Peace. This podcast is powered by Straight to Tell LLC. It is produced by Kayla Mignon, written and directed by Ariel Hairston, and executive produced by Naomi Ergen. The podcast is designed by Lauren Bowers and Nika King.